Okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 53 with uh, some fellow podcasters. Actually, another podcast that I really love, which is Before You Were Funny. Vince, I've been telling you about this this thing since like day, I, wanna, I don't want to say day one, I want to say like day three. Yeah, from very early on in our podcasting career, and we we've kind of had uh, intertwined parallel podcasting arcs. We both recently hit our fiftieth episodes, so there's kind of like an air of brotherhood. And this podcast, by the way, is called "Before You Were Funny," which is hilarious. I finally, at the behest of Grant, listened to it. I love, love it. I love the premise. And these two guys, Jacob Reed and Justin Michael, they started the podcast and they run it. They are also hilarious, and it was an excellent conversation about creative ego, exposing that ego, and what that can do for projects or endeavors, or just us growing as creatives. Man, what a couple of generous fellas. Like Real generous. So funny. I had a good time. We got into some, we got into like um, childhood TV shows. We got into embarrassing, humbling moments. <sighs> Yeah, we talked about a lot of cool stuff. Grep. That was a great app. That was a grep. Um, and I want to thank Squarespace for sponsoring this episode. Those guys are kind of, I think, when I think of creative ego, you know, making a website, that is a very ego-busting process. Uh, oh, it can be. It many, sure can be. Many people flounder because it's so, you, you start digging into code and you start talking, you try and talk to a developer and it's like a foreign language and you feel like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, seriously, man, I've, yep. I never, no, I've advocated for Squarespace for some time now. I'm a huge fan. We've built multiple websites on, like probably 25 websites on there. We built yours on it. 10,000 hours is built on it. That's 10khrs.co. Um, awesome product. I would definitely recommend trying it out. It gets all of the bullshit out of the way. It's the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store. Um, Truly is a consumer-friendly product. It's a product that even I can use, and I'm completely like, yeah, technology illiterate. illiterate. For sure. You don't it's just, it's just great. But it also it's also not dumbed down, right? It has the tools that yeah, you need beautiful. to make something awesome. truly interesting and creative. Yeah. So it's, it's really just great. great. We're both huge fans. Well worth the investment. Uh, and if you use the code 10,000 hours, that's 1000 H-O-U-R-S. Did I get it that time? Nailed it. Oh, man. Nailed it. The dismount. 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, if you use that code, you're going to get 10% off. I think it'll be like 8 bucks a month. So worth it. Check it out. Squarespace.com. No reason not to. Thank you so much, Squarespace, for your sponsorship and your support. Thank you, before you were funny, guys, for joining us and making a great episode. And thank you, listeners, as always. Hope you enjoyed episode 53. Creative Ego? Creative Ego. <laughs> that you sell lemon water lemon me lemon that- water for a job did yeah. i i don't know where i got that from then uh i thought somebody yeah. said vinny sells lemon water <laughs> hey vinny hey grant could you tell me what you're putting your time into right now I'm actually really caught off guard. Wasn't that, that direct? That was pretty that good. You actually just asked me, and now I'm I'm not even prepared to answer. Because usually I, I dance around that for three to nine minutes. It's agonizing. Uh, but yes, before I ruin this quick setup, I will actually tell you. But the answer, you're not going to like the answer. I have, a, I have a funny feeling that you're not going to like it. Please, go on. Uh, so me and a friend and a friend of the show, former guest, Elliot Matson, have hatched a new plan for a comedy podcast. Great! <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to hear you pitch it every single week. It's now gonna you, be. No, it's gonna be awesome. I did, I did that judiciously. You man. know, we have sponsors you know that that pay for those spots. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like okay. you guys are gonna have to. All right, uh, I'll give you. We don't have the title even ironed out yet, but I'll give you a sneak peek. Sure. We are we are the great grandsons of Rand McNally. No, he's not actually a real person. Mm-hmm. And we're traveling the United States, going from small town to small town, uh, writing an almanac. Great. 
So look forward to that in the next few months. I will be tuning in. Is there somewhere <laughs> I can sign up already? Uh, no, okay. uh, we're, we're still ironing out the details, okay, but I'm looking forward to it. It should be funny. Uh, Grant, would you do me the personal favor? Yeah, just for you. Of returning that question. What have you been putting your time into recently? Yeah, uh, I'm in pre-pro. We're shooting in like two days or three days, another music video for Baski. Uh, so Exciting. it's like, yeah, it's kind of crunch time. It's been a little insane. Uh, like, but we're good. We're good. We locked down. We're shooting, we're shooting in a Culver's. So that has been like you're shooting of, in a Culver's. In a Culver's, yeah. That's the Midwestern dream, right? I there. know, absolutely. So we had to like go through corporate and all this bullshit, but we're good to go. Thank you, Culver's. And uh, yeah, that's a quick turnaround. This episode brought to you by the Butter Burger <laughs> and the Concrete Mixer, I believe. <laughs> yep. Would that be the Midwest version of the In and Out? Uh, kind. Of, it's a little more sit downy. It's not like quite as greasy, slinging. Perhaps, order, perhaps so. we can ask our guests. Uh, real excited to have them on today. Uh, we were trying to coordinate when I was out in LA a couple weeks ago. It didn't work out with schedules, but now we got them over the internet. And uh, not unlike, not unlike Jordan Brady, they were. I was just a fan of their podcast. I was a fan of Jordan Brady's podcast, and then we had them on. Uh, and these guys have a podcast called Before You Were Funny, uh, which is hilarious. I'll let them pitch that or tell you a little bit about that but that is justin michael and jacob reed welcome to the show fellas hello hey thanks for having us who's who i'm justin and i am jacob well i'll hey be the guys. person peeking and jacob will yeah. be the person speaking at a normal i'm gonna try level. to get as close to the microphone <laughs> as possible I'm you know, we actually really do appreciate that lovely Vinny, you want to ask him you know, I would love to ask him, guys. What have you guys been putting your time into recently? Oh man, cool boy. Well, we just actually released uh, a, a long exhale from Jacob. Literally, just happened <laughs> moments uh, earlier. <laughs> uh, but we we just put out actually a web series version of our podcast before Ooh. you were funny, which is like a half live action, half animated version of it for video oh, and fun. uh funny thing animation takes forever if you yeah. want it to look good <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, <laughs> that's it's true but we love it so th that's been a lot of our like group work together yeah that's it's taken up a lot of time and and we've had uh, a whole lot of people helping out with it it's been kind of a, a labor of love over the last year and now anyone can see it if you go to funnyordie.com and uh we're just getting all the plugs out right i now. mean if, if people were listening to it and they're like well yeah they're talking about it so much but where do we actually find it then they would know <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely very prudent uh I actually didn't know that. I binge listened to Funnier Die today because I hadn't listened to it, unlike Grant, before today. Instead of doing any work, uh, please don't tell my bosses. But sorry, we have I, a direct line to your boss. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious, and I can't wait to watch. Hey, uh, do you think? Do you think anybody? Do you think your boss listens to the show ever? Uh, I can only pray <laughs> to whatever deity above that they do not. Uh, I feel like that's what I did when I was like like working a bunch where I could put headphones in. I would just like listen yeah. to podcasts and pretend I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's essentially what I do for a living, but that's so <laughs> exciting, dudes. That's awesome. I can't wait to to take that in. That's on fun. Your die. Yeah. 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 Do you guys, guys want to just start us off and just tell us a little bit about before you were funny? Yeah, sure. Totally. Um, so, uh, here's the pitch since you said we should pitch yeah, to you. Uh, no, we won't, we won't really pitch to you. Vinny, could you do a, could you do an elevator noise? <laughs> uh, bing. Okay. Uh, elevator pitch. Hi. Uh, we're going to just, hold, uh, just stay here for a second. <laughs> I'm so, okay. We got this great I'm idea. hitting the fire. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. The elevator <laughs> just jolted to a stop and you're wishing you took the stairs. Um, so we have this idea for a show called before you were funny and we bring on guest comedians. They might be like celebrities. They might just be really funny people who we're friends with and they bring their worst material that they've ever written. We do a live blind table read of that material unrehearsed and interrupt along the way to make fun of it or call things out or yeah. ask delve, questions yeah, into people's history. Yeah, it's like an interview show by way of a sketch show by way of a panel show. Ooh, it's by a, way it's, of a good answer. Yeah, it's many different types of shows, <laughs> which uh, kind of makes it hard to sell to people, <laughs> to be totally honest. Totally. It's, it's like you kind of have to hear it to know what it is, but yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun. No, it's great, man. I love the show. I mean, like I said, I'm a fan of it. Oh, I, thank you. I like, listen. I'm probably, I probably haven't caught the last like five, but before that, I was like 
steady and then you guys were on hiatus for a little bit and i was like god damn it come on fellas like, yeah, that's how we felt. I will say yeah i will say your show takes way more effort i would assume and i don't even have to assume it obviously does you have to like get people and especially doing it live like much more productive oh man yeah if we if we ever uh change the show in a way that we could have guests on that that didn't bring materials yeah. um like there's there's this wonderful who's who of like people who have we've approached about being on the show or who have wanted to be on the show mm-hmm. but for guests it's also kind of a tough ask because uh you know we're excited about it we get them excited about it and then they're like cool now i have to go see if i have stuff yeah yeah a lot of people have actually just deleted their old material or totally. they were hard copies that they threw away years ago and they're like man too bad yeah <laughs> yeah That's for sure i mean now I you could just do with like one per- yeah okay I don't, I don't have to pitch you on ideas for that yeah. hey please <laughs> if you have a pitch to, we are yeah. totally well, no, i was gonna say you could just have like you, you could have people on that don't have any material there i suppose they're like less part of the the act of you know of sacrificing themselves ritualistically in front of a crowd or or there is something we like about that yeah i think but we did once we got approached for like a like a a ted oh yeah there there was this like for a hot minute we were gonna do the show live at a ted talk which would have been so cool yeah um and and it kind of came up against a thing where where they found out probably through us i don't know who, who else but about some of the big names that had said that they were interested in doing the show but didn't have materials and we were trying to work a way to involve everyone and we kind of decided that like at the core of the show having everyone be in the same place with just like yeah. bearing their soul to the audience like, is kind like of like an important naked part of and it. one person sitting there with clothes on <laughs> would be sort of uncomfortable right <laughs> right I think the idea was like give these actors who didn't have material the scripts the moment of so they didn't have time to prepare right. and, uh, yeah. and have to kind of act it out yeah i think there's, there's still something there that it may be in in some version of it will do at some point but at the end of the day actors who aren't writers are worthless so <laughs> that's basically <laughs> yeah. what we're trying to say it's a great point <laughs> and you know you know this i think segues us nicely into the topic that we're touching on today and i think the reason one of the many reasons but the main central reason that I really like before you were funny and what I think makes it unique is that you're asking a very strange and vulnerable proposition to your guests. And that is to admit upfront that the thing that they're going to read is bad. And yeah. why I think this is interesting is because in the creative fields, be they commercial like myself and to some extent Grant or more entertainment like you guys, uh, we strive to put out, even when we're doing improv or raw work, the best version of the thing that we're trying to do. And so admitting up front that it's going to be bad takes a, a, a unique type of vulnerability. And so what we're talking about this week is creative ego, what that means, what it, how it influences our work, and how kind of checking that ego can produce entertaining or helpful results. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, you guys are a duo like Vinny and I, and I know for Vince and myself, like getting to a, a level where we were comfortable and able to like trust each other and check that ego was quite the process. I'm wondering, how did you guys meet or, or what does that partnership look like? Because you guys have obviously known each other for a while, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we've known each other since college, so nice. 2000 and uh, like 11 years. Ooh. That's nuts. Is that true? Yeah. Well, true, I was. It? I just had a minor <laughs> crisis where I was wearing an old improv festival T-shirt and realized that it was a decade old. <laughs> uh, laying in bed, and I was like, "Oh no." Yeah. <laughs> where is it all yeah, gone? You were looking up at the the mirrors you have on your ceiling, and <laughs> right. And I keep those mirrors up there to make sure that yeah. I'm not aging. Yeah, those <laughs> mirrors are asking for that moment to happen i think yeah i guess you're right <laughs> and a lot of help that moments. i spider-man crawl up and do lines of coke before looking at the mirror back <laughs> on the bed yeah. okay okay um so, let's, so let's dig into that a little bit so you guys are coke addicts right yes definitely <laughs> coke addicts what made you think of the idea for the show though to welcome like funny people on and ask them to talk about them not being funny 
I think it kind of came from a place uh, of just like, you know, when especially I mean, we, we write together a, a decent amount now, but we're both busy with a bunch of other stuff and, and it's not, you know, we're working on a bunch of different projects. But in college, we were just like writing all the time, like, you know, sketches, just literally like day and night sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the vast majority of things we wrote were, you know, like maybe there was something funny about them, but there were a lot of ideas that didn't work for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. but we still thought were really funny. And this, I I think it kind of came from a place of like, I wish there was a place to show people these terrible ideas that have like a funny idea behind them. I think we're both kind of pack ratty. Yeah. definitely Uh, And it's hard for, it's hard for me to throw things away Mm -hmm. and especially ideas. Uh, I mean like there are folders of ideas that are just like, some of these should just be deleted. Yeah. We have a, like a shared Google doc somewhere that's just like tremendous or orphaned ideas. And it's just like names of characters, like fake products, like anything that at some point we were like, this is the best idea ever, but it didn't really fit. Or, you know, we, we never wrote an idea around it. So I think it's almost like a way to, uh, access that, too precious part of your brain like yeah and be like here we go we can at least perform these and say that they're bad yeah it's uh, but there's also something cathartic about it there's something fun to right. see growth uh or about seeing growth it's kind of like sorry going back to what you just said it's like uh it's almost like we're so ocd about like not getting rid of these terrible ideas that we had to create a forum where these terrible ideas were great ideas without actually doing the work of turning them into great ideas (laughs) right like the worst ideas for before you were funny are the middle of the road ideas like the ones that are like oh this works okay like unless they're exceptionally bad or turn out to be surprisingly good like the middle slice is just boring. Yeah. We've had some really boring sketches. Yeah. <laughs> of ours and of other people's that are, you know, that are funny, that, that, that come to life because we talk about them and interview the guests about them. But every once in a while, there's something where it's like, you read it and you're like, wait a second, this is actually like kind of funny. And then there's some things it where, just has no voice. Yeah. It just has no voice <laughs> or, or like, or you just didn't know how to keep things simple. So like, this is a funny idea idea that you wrote about for 30 pages even though it should only be like a page so that's what i like though. i like that you guys it's actually really educational even because you're 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 over analyzing the shit out of these as you're performing them and it's like oh, over sure. and over you're like and we're at the end of page four we still don't have a premise <laughs> you know like, and i'm like oh yeah okay that's a good lesson even from like a writing standpoint it's like very educational yeah a lot of the sketches have more time spent talking about them than anyone ever put into writing them yeah. <laughs> Uh, So, yeah, that's actually something I was looking forward to touching on. You guys said in your latest episode, you talked about front porching and back porching, (laughs) which is, uh, I think, a funny way of describing something that creatives are just damnably guilty of at all times, which is like over explaining, over premising an idea as an attempt to like pad our ego, right? Or doing the thing where it's immediately after finishing a read or explaining an idea, you launch into a justification for why it was so bad. Uh, is that kind of par for the course over the long haul of sharing like dozens of stories over the course of like a year of recording the show? Yeah, I think people definitely do that. All I mean, the reason it came up is because the guest on the last episode, Sean Clements mentioned he he likes the podcast. He had listened to it for a while, and he was like, "I'm he's, not he's gonna the number one fan of the show." He's the number one fan <laughs> of the show. No, but he was like, you know, he had listened to it before, and he was like, you know, I'm not gonna front porch this <laughs> like your other guests. Yeah, I had never. I guess that's a term. But before Sean said it, I had never heard front porching. But there's so it, much front porch. Yeah, I mean, the whole show. The show is like building a house of porches. <laughs> it's all porches. I love that visual. I mean, I, I was telling Vinny. I was telling Vinny. Uh, recently I had a musician over like a week ago and he was showing uh, me and I do a magazine called green room uh, music base. He was showing me and my, my partner in that uh, some new music and literally every time before he played the song and then during the song he's like he would just stop me like oh yeah yeah so like I'm still this is rough I'm not like I, this isn't tight this is and I just at a certain point I said hey fuck off you are being so selfish right now this is about you and your ego and like you don't want to just let us listen to it let us enjoy it you are totally taking away from the experience 
Right, or let us not enjoy it, but let us yeah, like yeah, form yeah. an opinion. Totally, like, totally. But that's what we do as creatives, right? Is we attempt we attempt to preemptively soften the blow because if we just throw a matzo ball out there and nobody wants to grab <laughs> onto it, that's that's the sinkingest feeling. At least if we say it's bad and then they say it's bad, then we're yeah, agreeing yeah. and we sound smart, right? So that's the thing. I think when you think of it in terms of selfishness, it's honestly like I was I was being a dick to that guy. I'm not like because I was actually trying to be a dick, but the real reality is like it's really selfish of you not to just let people enjoy stuff and enjoy your art or just whatever it's ugh. yeah it's really hard not to do that though oh my god it's like almost impossible. extremely hard do you i guys think that happens your... every what, what were you gonna say oh i was i was just gonna ask do you guys ever run into people who like end up being kind of uncomfortable about sharing these like very early and by virtue of the show's title like not great not finished or fundamentally flawed like pieces of their work you know, for the most part, I think by the end of the show, people are very comfortable and it, yeah. and it does feel like a, a cathartic experience, but mm-hmm. I think, I feel like there are a few people and We've had like some guests who, uh, I mean, no one's ever been like, nobody said anything about it yeah, or, 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 or if they have said anything about it, it's been more of like a, almost like a giddy nervousness. I think of like, they want oh the reassurance. God, They're like, Oh my God, the audience hated that this. sketch. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's like, a well, no, they thing. didn't. <laughs> Yeah, it's and it's extremely vulnerable, right? Yeah, I, it's scary. It kind of reminds me of um a little bit in some ways of Risk, Kevin Allison's show. Have you guys listened to? Oh that? yeah, that's a great show. Oh, I love that. But it's similar, right? It's like you're like reading your diary entries, basically. And as a comedian too, who like you know your livelihood is being funny. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the way, uh, I'm going to refer to every bad thing I ever write from now on as a matzo ball. That's like, that's like the best term. We both did a lean back and chuckle. (laughs) I stole that from Seinfeld, which is my all time favorite show. So, uh, Seinfeld stole it from Judaism. So my my grandma, uh, this is a true thing. My grandma calls a good matzo ball, a matzo ball. But if she ever cooks a matzo ball, that's like not, it's not like formed right. Or it doesn't have the right texture. She calls it a matzo dink <laughs> i think that's the funniest thing ever maybe i'll start calling my bad ideas so there are plenty of lots of dinks yeah i like that better just use it really confidently in the next meeting you're in and just don't just stone cold act like it's normal and then why uh, that yeah so let me, i mean so much of walking through life is doing that it's like if you confidently yep. acted like that was a real thing people yeah. would probably just jump on board and be like lots of dink okay bookmark that i think that's like that's like a thing about being creative is like you're afraid of maybe being too confident in your ideas because part of the creative process is being self-critical and uh a lot of creatives like you know like all of us are judgmental of our own ideas and i think like i don't know about anyone else but i'm i'm afraid of acting like i think my ideas are great because i know i'm probably not right all the time so i don't want to be a weird middle ground though well it's the dunning kruger effect we wrote uh (laughs) we wrote wrote a 30 rock pilot spec script about the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is... Really? I don't know that effect. It's... uh, This is, like, one of my favorite things. There's a... it, It comes from this... Uh, Harvard study published in the year 2000, the two scientists names were Dunning and Kruger. And it basically says that, um, the top 10 to 20 people in terms of ability tend to undersell themselves by 10 to 20%. And the next bracket of, uh, what we'll call the B level people of 10 to 20% of people in terms of ability tend to over compensate by 10 to 20%. And so so what you actually end up with is the people who are getting like all of the uh, best jobs and the best opportunities mm-hmm. are the people that maybe don't have the best abilities. They have like the second best abilities, but they are the most confident and the best at selling themselves. You know what that is? This is also this is the David and Goliath uh, in in work. That's Malcolm Gladwell's last book. Essentially, it was saying like for for the bottom like 20% of Harvard students like uh, in a study conducted over you know x amount of years their like quality of life was much lower um compared to the top 20% of like a middling school because it was like big fish small pond they had this totally confidence. yeah the same idea it's just like yeah, man, it's interesting. We, I've even I've thought about that even with just like being in Minneapolis for a while. It was like it's it's sort of a been a shelter in some ways, um, 
as like it, it's a smaller community so it's easier mm -hmm. to sort of like feel more confident it's like a smaller school it's like the same idea it like kind of protects you it's a, it's an odd thing yeah to be irrationally confident yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah you'd be you'd be so happy all the time i feel like until the that's day what, like, being a creative is only. like you do swing back and forth yeah like you, you can bring genius, it when I'm you need idiot. to i'm a genius i'm an idiot yeah. yeah but you need to like call yourself an idiot to make it a better draft or totally. whatever it takes but not so much that you're like <laughs> you know depressed <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, man that is such a that is a really tough balance i feel like f uh the best way for me to have that balance is to just like you ha really have to have people around you that will like a keep you in check while also supporting you and who ha who you feel have like a good sense of date i'd be like vince is that to me and i know there's like several people in our circle that are just like that I mean, I feel like that's what the comedy community is, at yeah, least totally. where we come from. Like, where we come from, we were born in UCB. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, everybody's supporting each other and listening and, like, you know, yeah. also willing to tell you when it's like, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's very freeing. That is actually something I'd like to talk about from the, the show that you guys do. What's the atmosphere? I mean, as someone who listened to it a lot today, I kind of know the answer, but for people who don't, what's the kind of atmosphere when you're up there sharing these things? Is it kind of roasty or is it commiseratory? Like we've all been there or is it like, it's really not that bad. I think it's all of the above. Yeah. I think sometimes it's pretty roasty. I think some comedians like to roast things more. Like that's the way that they're able to, like they're just chomping at the bit to make fun of their own stuff. And some right. people are like very apologetic about it. <laughs> um, I think sometimes we've been the most apologetic after reading something. Cause it's like, Oh God, this is our show. Yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, I wrote something exceedingly this. racist. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah. That was, <laughs> <laughs> and we tug on our shirts, our collars yeah, until yeah. Like there is no collar. Way out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so maybe that's a question. That's something I think about a lot, which is like to check the ego. You have to be, you have to like be able to be vulnerable and to be able to be vulnerable. You need like a safe space. And I think of like, we do this thing occasionally called like we, it's like a deep dive thing. Whenever I have like a naming project or like we're trying to solve some specific problem, it's kind of like a writer's room style where we bring in like, you know, like four or five people that are like, that like know each other. It's like a safe area for us to share stuff. How do you guys either, how do you guys create that? Or I'm just curious if you guys have been in rooms or anything that has been like that. I don't know if there's anything that, uh, I mean, speaking for myself that I've done that's specifically like that, well, but I want, you, I want you to speak for both of you, please. <laughs> I, Thank yeah, you. I, I, Hey, if I could, I would. Um, Ooh. but I, I don't even know what that meant. I don't <laughs> either. Uh, it just felt like a zingy thing to say, but it was a matzo dink. Oh, hello. <laughs> King zing sting over here. Donkey Kong country too. <laughs> I think like a lot of, <laughs> it's a great it's a great catchphrase all right let's get the answer <laughs> oh uh so a lot of the rooms that we've been in uh, recently the two of us uh have, have been kind of writing off and on for this uh nickelodeon project that's been really exciting and a lot of other um ucb people and fun comedy people are in that room and one of the things about working with people from that community who do uh you know improv is like very very supportive by nature maybe more so than than writing or than stand-up or than a lot of other kinds of uh, comedy. Well, yeah, because if you fail, you fail together. If you team succeed, sport. it's because of other people. Yeah, it's, it's like improv is the team sport of, of comedy. Absolutely, and yep. When you're in a room with a lot of improvisers, I think everyone comes from this background of, like, it's okay to fail. It's okay to throw out whatever dumb idea you have. If you throw out a dumb idea and it's, like, kind of silly and dumb, like, we'll turn it into a bit. We'll probably try to build it into a better right. idea. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, that is tomato, improv, tomato. Right? I mean, it's like you get, you just permission to fail on stage and then you have, like, a net around you of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Fail spectacularly. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. And I, that's commitment too, right? I mean, you have to just commit to the idea and just roll with it. Huh? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's kind of nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it probably is blowing my mind over here. <laughs> um, but I feel like when we teach, I know we both teach sketch classes mm -hmm. at UCB and I don't know about your experience, but sometimes there, there's definitely a divide between the, I've had classes that are very much like oh, standups and yeah. improvisers. And, 
and uh, nothing against like stand up as a comedy form, but when you're when you're in a writer's room, it's very easy to tell who's more collaborative or I mean, some of these guys are like much more and I critical. Would, I would of, say like more beginning stand up. Yes. No, no, no. Not like, like if you're a vet of stand up, then if you're you, a veteran of any kind of comedy, anything, I think you've learned to roll with the punches of like ideas not being sacred. I don't think you can get to the top of any kind of comedy or any kind of creative anything without without feeling that but yeah the same thing in, in some of my classes where uh i'll always ask on the first day like who's taken you know ucb or any kind of improv classes who's taken any other kind of sketch classes and the people that have done a lot of improv are always like down to just like plus each other's ideas i guess there's more of a defensiveness to the stand-ups in my class interesting but also hey that's not true of all stand-ups i love stand-ups i don't want to offend anybody okay <laughs> bye <laughs> you just back porched your own comment i really did god well that's uh, an interesting thing though that i think about too is like we're talking about like hey just let me enjoy the thing let me just like be be in this but also some people really undersell their shit like and like i don't know that's that uh, I, I run into that a lot too or like you have a good idea but you just like maybe it's a fear of being the like over pitcher you like you try and like go underhand with it and it doesn't get to the plate right i think that's like a disease that's we base, especially suffer metaphor. from it's a yeah. sport guys. <laughs> I've, uh, I've heard matzo of it. ball <laughs> <laughs> uh i think that's like something we're particularly afflicted with i don't know i don't mean to own this creative fault but in the midwest we're like yeah i feel like we're especially bad at undercutting ourselves preemptively because we're built on this like weird scandinavian apologetic kind of foundation yeah a, a really good friend of mine who i won't say specifically uh is from the midwest and and he recently had to like negotiate something oh, and uh it's something oh, that a, a larger group of us was was a part of and we were giving him so much shit about it because he like wouldn't say what he he wanted he was just like <laughs> well well whatever they want to offer us and we're like no tell them this is what we want and then they can say no and he was like well i'll let them start and it's like yeah, he was fully aware of what he was doing. Yeah, that's a classic tactic of the Midwesterner. That's how we ended up in this part of the country, actually. They're like, oh, you all take whatever parts you want. We'll be here where it's negative degrees eight months out of the year. Oh, you guys are taking top bunk? Uh, I am bottom bunk? We'll take subterranean lava bunk. Okay, great. Magma? Yeah. Mag great. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I like the magma bunk because it's warm. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this one Midwestern bowl person is thrilled. Uh, hey, you know, we're talking it... about uh, uh, egos, and I think my favorite part, which I think I've said this three times now of before you were funny is that moment where you can hear, you can almost like hear the egos being bruised as they revisit their old work. And it's not, not as if they have giant inflated egos to start, but you kind of just in their voice, you hear, Oh my God, I'm just now realizing how bad this is. Can we maybe like share some stories about ego bruising moments from our, our past and our careers? Oh, sure. Story time. Let me think about it. Da, 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 yeah. da, 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 it would be so nice if we I feel like if we were in the same room I would grab your hands and we would all hold hands we'd do like a kumbaya sort of situation yeah uh it's, hey you, me or Grant can start and give you guys some some yeah, Vinny, ramp time Vinny, yeah I got oh man I got a, I got a bunch uh I'll do a quick moose bouche one before I do the real one but I was uh once like sleep deprived wandered into my office as an intern and uh we there was like snacks set out in the in the general area and kind of like the common the common area I just wandered up and like began absentmindedly eating a muffin and I was in the middle of like a c-level meeting interviewing with like financiers and they were just staring at Everyone that makes a decision in the agency was just staring at me as I audaciously snacked on this muffin. Uh, but I think the the actual most ego-bruising, humbling experience of my career uh, was surprisingly not when I was fired from my first job, which, of course, was humbling. But my, th my third day as an intern at an ad agency here in town called Camel Methune, I was uh, given the old dress down by one of the old 
craggly, you know, another era creative directors who decided that he was going to instill the fear of God in the interns by like really fucking with them in front of an entire uh, group of people. Of course, he ended up going a bit overboard. Uh, I learned the term dog's breakfast that day. It was referencing my writing. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the term, but I please share. I've come to learn that dog's breakfast is. It, it's supposed to mean, you know, because dogs eat their own shit. It's supposed to just be a clever way of God. saying dog shit. Uh, at any rate, the 10-minute berating we received uh, ended up getting us a formal apology on behalf of the HR department. But the damage, <laughs> the damage was already done, and my ego was busted. But uh, it, it made me a better creative and a better person because literally no review could ever go as bad as that one did. You poor bastard. Oh, man. I made it through, though. I made That's it through. a good one. <laughs> I, hey, Gr- hey, Grant. Yeah. What about you? Totally. I was a, you're, you're sparking my memory of my days as an intern at Digitaria, if you'll recall. Formerly. Actually, both of those agencies, neither of them exist in their old form. That's, that's right. Also, because we left, right, Grant? Yeah, Isn't that yeah, right? It is. It is. The advertising industry is so fantastic, ain't it, Vin? Um, <laughs> but uh, I was, I used to like, God, I was kind of a cocky little one, but I would like scoot, I scootered around the agency the entire summer. But honestly, it was like more efficient. Wait, like in a, a scooter? Like a Razor scooter. Yeah, they had one. And. Uh, they had several. So, <laughs> Wait, like, inside had, the office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had provided it. It was like them trying to be fun, I think. But honestly, it was like super <laughs> okay. efficient, and I was working on a lot of stuff. So I would scooter around, and there was like – it was toward the end of my time, and I was like going full throttle across the office. It was like a Friday afternoon, and uh, there was this wooden table, a gigantic open floor plan, so everyone is sitting in the same room, and uh, <laughs> there's this wooden table – uh, near the center and I was I was as I was approaching it I was like ooh I have an idea because it was completely empty they, they'd taken all the stuff off of it I was like I have an idea and as I got closer I tried to do the thing like like the skateboard trick where you would like jump off and then like jump back on or like so but i did that with my butt so i tried to jump up and do a butt slide and then like jump back on like a like a (laughs) yeah like yeah like a butt slide you know you're like the buddy cop slide across the front of the cop car right exactly yeah a butty cop oh man yeah exactly that's why we brought the comedians on because you get (laughs) that gold you're just mining it um yeah so i jumped off and as i made contact with the table it started to like sort of bend and then the table completely flipped and I just crashed and like the office went silent and the, t- the top of the table, and this was a gigantic like oak wooden table just falls off and rolls and then just slams like so, so loud. <laughs> and then like what like, a few, yeah, I know. And then a few seconds go by and then like everyone just started laughing and I just was like, what the fuck? And apparently it had been broken like for a while and they had taken all the stuff off of it and it was like meant to be thrown away that afternoon and i hadn't seen ah, whatever anyway i it was rough <laughs> but at least in your in your story you were the butt of a joke that everybody ended up enjoying so that i mean the turnout isn't really that bad i don't think yeah it's fine yeah yeah hey you guys ever ride a razor scooter hey not me i i have Shut ridden up. I have ridden one. You really have never. You've never ridden one ever. No. You know, even like if a kid. You haven't lived. No. I don't know how to ride a bike, but they're different. I know, but things with wheels scare me if they're not a car. All right. (laughs) Cars are scary. No, I don't know. Cars are like the scariest. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, at least I'm surrounded by lots of metal. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I'm not going to dig into your... Yeah, I don't really... I don't have any good reason. All right. Um, ego bruising, huh? I have one kind of, maybe, that... Uh, I have a really good one that happened to me last week, but I can't really talk about it with any, with any amount of specificity because... Uh, so a guy, let's know, just call right? him Jay. Whoa, Jay uh, Reed. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, at, my, uh, at my current job, uh, something happened that was... Uh, yeah, I, I felt really dumb about it afterward and i that was such a tease why did i say that that was just like <laughs> that was the, the least thing. specific story i've ever <laughs> heard in my did entire you life actually harass someone or? no it's just um it's just something that 
I don't know how talking about it publicly or in any way that someone could hear about it would affect my current job that I have. But let <laughs> no, me you tell should, you. Yeah, just you should just stop then. Just don't. Yeah, don't risk yeah, yeah, it. no, no. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys about something different, um, which is uh, one of the first writing jobs that Justin and I had together. That was like one long ego bruise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it was it was not not necessarily. I mean, I don't know how much we want to get into the specifics of it. We, we were uh, we wrote for a Comedy Central special. Yeah, we wrote for a Comedy Central special with a lot of other um, established writers and a lot of, uh, you know, UCB dudes that we really looked up to. And uh, we were like the new guys who were, you know, a, a good chunk younger than everybody. Um, and there was one day that I brought, uh, I brought some ideas and the guy who was like the, the, it was his show and he's someone who, you know, we're, we're, he's a great dude. We're still in touch with him, but he can be a little surly maybe sometimes with his uh, criticism. And so I pitched a bunch of stuff and like, I didn't get through any scripts that day. Like we would get like halfway through a script and he would just go pass. What else do you have? And it was like, Oof. looking back on it, those ideas were not ready. I was going to say like, like, if anything, I just felt like it was an ego bruise because we weren't ready period for that show. We and like, if we could go in almost now, ready, but I just wasn't confident quite. enough to pitch ideas. Like I was afraid because yeah. these were my teachers and the people that like yeah. I admired on stage. I was like, Oh man, these guys, they, they have way better ideas than and, we do. And they brought great ideas. Like they were, you I think know, we even had fun ideas that like we, it was Yeah. To be honest, I don't even know if like, like the ideas that, uh, like we were pitching weren't necessarily bad. It was just like a total lack of confidence, a total lack of confidence. Absolutely. Yeah. And it felt like, uh, it just felt stupid. <laughs> I think that's like a very apropos story, right? We were talking about it before that fine line between like having enough humility to make sure that your idea is palatable, but having enough confidence to make sure you can sell it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we were so intimidated. Like, I'm back porching now, but everyone, in, in case anyone who hears this who worked on that show thought I was being weird about it, which I hope I wasn't, but like <laughs> everyone, everyone who worked on that show was so nice and so talented. Oh, yeah. Nobody was, just, was shitty or like. Yeah. It wasn't like a shitty experience because of the people. It wasn't a shitty experience at all. We were just like really new. Gosh. That's so damn green. Yeah. That's the bizarre thing, and I, I'm seeing it more now, but I'm also like, it's it's weird to know that you like you kind of suck or or to like see yourself right. yeah. to see yourself grow over let's say like a couple years even and then to realize like how bad you were and then to like be like but I didn't think I was that bad then and then you're like oh shit that means I'm probably pretty bad right now and in two right. years I'm gonna realize how shitty I am and it's like dang like why bother <laughs> yeah I might as well let's, let's end it and even I think sometimes even worse is the is the rare feeling not only of looking back and seeing how you've grown and being like oh yuck I that was bad but actually catching yourself growing in the act and like the stuff I'm doing is like in between and I need to get out of this phase because it's not good I think like it's the rare times you can be self awareness to see that happening it can be sometimes the most humbling it's like the most humbling and sometimes I feel like the most crippling in a weird way yeah, if you are yep. self aware of it but I feel like that's the time that like you got to dig into just do what you love yeah. for no reason other than doing it yeah or just let yourself be silly with things Dope. yeah i guess that's I what guess it boils that down for us love. yeah it's being <laughs> silly, silly and stupid i mean there's there's a lot of stuff we wrote for this nickelodeon thing that's great and there's a lot of stuff that we I, wrote a thing called food farts and it yeah, got made that got made it actually, it actually turned out really fun and that was something that we were like well this is a crazy insane dumb idea and then there's there's other ideas that that i know i wrote for it that like in my head i'm like well this is not good but I can't wait to read it on the podcast a year from now. <laughs> once, you once know, it makes sense. You know, guys, it's kind of funny that you mentioned Nickelodeon. Oh? Because, and I'll tell you why in just a second, we have a segment each week that we call the off topic topic OTT if you're using the lingo and yeah, you know it's me. <laughs> Thank you. You just gratified me for the last like 50 episodes. You're one of like two guests to ever actually like bite on that. No, man, that's my on game. I, I've been saying that since day one. Yes, I'm pretty sure is. we dropped. I'm pretty sure we dropped that music in. That's probably a licensing issue. We, I shouldn't. I think we're probably going to go to jail eventually for it. Yeah. But but I think we did drop that music. If in. you're going to jail for licensing, then yeah, you made should. so many podcasts that uh, <laughs> I should be in jail for life. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, but this week's off-topic topic uh, is the shows of our youth, what oh. we watched as kids and why it made us the people we are today. Lordy, hey, lordy. That's a you guys want to start? 40. What? Yes. Yes. What were you guys parked in front of the TV? Like, uh, give us maybe grade school years or earlier. Okay. Batman the Animated Series. Mm. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to plug Justin's podcast for him right now. Justin also has a podcast about Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. It's wait, it's really? Cool. Yeah. Yes. It's called Batman the Animated Podcast. Yeah. He has and people <laughs> from the show. And I bring on yeah, comedians. fans and people who wrote on it or created it or did voices, and then we do sketches and fake commercials, and it's insane. <laughs> that is all right. Sick. We'll show notes that. <laughs> Uh, man, what else? The Muppet Show is something the Muppet we both show, love. Yeah, I feel like The Muppet Show was extremely defining of my sense of humor. Um, also, like, 1990s SNL. My, my mom used to let me... Or, or not even let me like encourage me to stay up to watch SNL in like ninety one cool and ninety two. <laughs> so I was like I was like six or seven years old. Like I remember seeing uh, at least one Wayne's World sketch live when it aired on Saturday night, which is cool. A crazy thing for someone. Well, that was live uh, from New York. Yeah, it was live from New York. <laughs> yeah, she, she what, found what a way to watch the free tape. Uh, well, <laughs> we would mostly watch it on Saturday, but it's tricky because it aired at eleven thirty. So some of it was Saturday night. Some of it was Saturday. Some of it. Is that? Not. Uh, this is a sidebar, but are you guys? It seems like so many comedians like SNL is like you know the the peak, the pinnacle, the thing that got them into it, or that like they're chasing. Is that an interest for you guys to ever get involved with SNL? Man, that's such a weird, not a weird question. It's yeah. a normal question, but I've gone back and forth a bunch of times yeah. about that. I didn't grow up watching it. Like I, I never really watched SNL. I think it was in like in the zeitgeist and I like knew about it. You know, like I watching that 40th anniversary, I was like, Oh, I know so much about SNL and I didn't sure. watch it regularly, but it was like Simpsons for me. Like that was yeah, the big sure. comedy influence. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to do something for SNL. I think SNL is <laughs> yeah. like um, America's comedy football team and sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not great but yeah. they do it every week and none of us do and if that. you got offered the job and if, be I like, got that, yeah, if i got offered sure. any job with them I, I would be a fool not to take it that's a yeah that's an enlightening look at it actually yeah, interesting I've, i feel like that's how most comedians we know think about yeah. it like people are excited about being a part of it but i'm not sure how many people are 100 percent on board with it as fantastic comedy all the totally. time but yeah. also, like, they do it live every week. So, yeah. And back porch, also... back porch, back porch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you uh, Okay. I was, about to, I was about to, like, front porch that back porch. Yeah. <laughs> so many good ones, though. So many good ones. Vinny, what about you? What would you watch? Uh, it, I mean, that sneaking, that sneaking around at night to watch shows is uh, it really, <laughs> really brings me back because, like, my parents would work indeterminate shifts at their jobs, and so sometimes I was home alone or sometimes, like, I was up late with one of my parents who got home from a late shift. And I remember, like... The first season of South Park, for instance, uh, I was still pretty young and still in this stage where I couldn't just sit, stay up and watch it. I had to like kind of covertly watch it, and it was kind of taboo. I had to uh, covertly watch the South. I had the South Park. <laughs> uh, <laughs> South, my first South Park episode was watching it at my friend Brian Taylor's house, yeah. and the upstairs, like his mom's room, had a TV, and we hid in there to watch like the Mecca Streisand episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> I used to watch South Park. With, with friends too yeah and Most my parents like scrambled Lundy. porn and you guys are watching some south park we had a much. priority straight man <laughs> yeah we uh, jacked off to cartman <laughs> <laughs> okay uh and also also i think even younger i was enamored with uh like hey arnold and that oh, kind of oh, era of cartoons it, mm-hmm. I mean, I still, I can still remember all the characters to Harry Arnold, and I haven't seen that show in like yeah, maybe crazy. twelve years, fifteen years. Well, I love that show. I love that show. I loved Recess too during that time. I yes, very much yeah. in the same vein. I, I think I, wa- I watched Recess as like a just because it was on, so 
sort of thing, but I think yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> like, I didn't, I wasn't like championing recess every day, but I was like, yeah, that was a good show. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Frasier of kids' shows. <laughs> <laughs> Frasier is like the most underrated show that there is. Uh, I, I, okay, I didn't mean to tread on any toes. I totally agree. I think it's a top five American sitcom yes. all time. Yeah, uh, Jokes Per Minute, one of the best shows that's ever been on TV. So what about Golden Girls? I haven't seen enough Golden Girls. I need to get into it. I'm going to throw this out. Uh, two other things that I think maybe resonate with you guys are uh, Looney Tunes Ooh, and Pee Wee's Playhouse. Those are oh, two yeah. cornerstones of my childhood. Looney Tunes, for sure. I actually just started revisiting. I got like the complete golden yeah. or platinum collection. The, or... the Amazon had a Blu-ray sale collection. You know it, but it's a DVD <laughs> sale because the Blu-rays were expensive. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Uh, and, and back porching, if anyone works for Blu-ray, uh, you know, it's a great Yeah, medium. Mr. It's Blu-ray, we really medium. apologize. It's a great medium. Uh, and also, I'd like to just say the color blue. Fantastic color. Yeah. It's really yep. good. I don't know. Uh, right. And Looney Tunes, yes, I never saw or got into or even, like, I think I've maybe saw one Lifetime episode of Pee-wee, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah. I wasn't a huge Pee-wee kid. Uh, like, I think I was into it because I had a Pee-wee doll but did not actually watch the show very much. <laughs> but my girlfriend Wait, super they- into it. They had Pee Wee dolls. That's like oh, a thing. Yeah. It's like a big pull string doll that you, mm-hmm. I think, annoyed the shit out of parents for yeah. at least a couple of years. I had an Urkel <laughs> doll, actually. I loved Urkel. Oh yeah. And the it Urkel disappeared doll. one day. Guys. <laughs> my mom disappeared the Urkel doll. Like to the farm? I mean, yeah. <laughs> to the Urkel Down the farm. toilet. Oh, toilet. no. Urkel's going to take a nap. <laughs> uh, Did she change it into a Stefan Urkel doll? <laughs> yeah. She put it in a leather jacket <laughs> I like, and a I, machine. I like picturing it like, uh, is it Artificial Intelligence with Haley Joel Osment? You know that movie? Oh, I've just I've never heard never, it called. Never it's, seen it. Oh, AI? AI, yeah. AI, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come I went, on, man. I what are you talking on. about? No, yeah, but where she like drives it out, drives the little robot out into the forest and just leaves him. Oh, Teddy, right? Was it Teddy? No, it was the, him, the boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. His name. Never mind. I just oh, remember yeah, wait, Teddy. What did they do with Teddy? Didn't they get rid of him too? He was in like a bot war or something. There was <laughs> yeah, like I just a, remember yeah. his like Terminator like face. They snuffed off. a lot of bots in that movie. Jeez, they did. <laughs> you know, it's pretty offensive in retrospect. <laughs> what are you doing, Kubrick? Oh, snuffing bots. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Uh, cool, cool Kubrick, you're dead, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. This you just really want to make this, this movie is, this, this is, way, right? This is Steven Spielberg. I'm just holding Kubrick's corpse and <laughs> oh, snuffing <hello>. bots. <laughs> his his hand up, his butt Kubrick out of his mouth. Thing. Oh wow. That felt like a situation where no one wanted to make that movie yeah <laughs> and they poured hey, a lot of money into yeah. it <laughs> whole but well they got i feel like they got a lot of i i did i used to be really into product placement i don't i feel like they got a bunch of product placement in there i don't remember what it was oh wait maybe i'm thinking of uh what's that is that a will smith movie iRobot. oh yeah i'm thinking of Audi. Was... Audi had a gigantic like like sixty million dollar deal or something like that. There was a quite. product in every scene of that movie. Yeah. It still ended up being okay. But yeah, I remember it wasn't being terrible. on board. But I saw it with my mom in theaters, and that was the last time I saw it. Oh, I that was the last movie you went. <laughs> yeah, I did and that was the last time I saw my mom. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, "Wait, did she die? Oh no, 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 no. Okay, we're we're great. We talk about uh, iRobot every day." <laughs> that's really great nice. uh, did you get oh no. she has alzheimer's it's the only joke. thing she can remember oh my god right, yeah. uh, oh, really uh, temple Robot. temple of doom on was it gas or what is it like it was nickelodeon like gas you mean uh, legends Games of the hidden Sports. temple yes thank you what did i call it legend of doom T- temple of doom uh, temple of doom indiana jones yeah, uh, yes, I loved it. Uh, I don't. It was never satisfying, though. Here's a secret about me, guys. I loved that show, but I couldn't watch it because it was too scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it wasn't. Oh, because of the dudes that would jump out. Yeah, the, the dudes that segment. would jump out. Were, it was scary. Were really scary. They're to like me. Re- relatively scary. Uh, no, I loved that show. Blue Barracudas for life. Uh, <laughs> oh, what was? I always that? feel like yeah. The Just, purple, the purple parrots and the silver snakes always got like the sandbag the kids. Yeah, the green monkeys and the red, no whatever the hell they were. They they always got the athletic, smart, valedictorian kids, and like the silver snakes always got the like one weird kid with sweatpants tucked into his socks, and like the clearly asthmatic girl, and like they they never stood chance. Sort of I didn't like puff. that. They're sort of a Hufflepuff situation. <laughs> yeah, they're a Hufflepuff team. Um, mm-hmm. 
Hey, we, we touched on some good ones, some real classics. That was a treasure trove of nostalgia for me, at least. I appreciate you guys yeah. we should doing have, that with us. We should start a new podcast. Uh, we'll get together every week, and we'll talk about old uh, old TV shows. Treasure trove. I was just waiting for you guys to treasure you know, trove. build me up there. I was just like, I kind of faded off toward the end. It's really lost steam. <laughs> we, yeah, we didn't want to. We didn't want to interrupt you. We know how much. I you know, know. I know. It was really sweet of you guys. Now that I think about it, but I just. Uh, but that said, uh, I think it's a good time as ever to you know jump back into to the topic and uh, and kind of wrap things up. Unfortunately, because I, I feel like we're really riffing, uh, but. Uh, if you guys would do us the great kindness of answering our two final questions, this is our legend of the hidden temple guys jumping out moment, uh, in order, the questions are how can our listeners support you guys? And secondly, if you'd like them to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would that be? Well, I think the way to support us is is check out before you were funny and and the web series and spread it around. Yeah, go to funnierdie.com, look up before you were funny. There's the web series. Go <laughs> yeah. on iTunes, subscribe to it. Hey, rate, rate it, it while you're yeah. there. Oh yeah, we never we never ask people to rate it and then we just realized that recently we're like we should do that. Um, yeah, tell a friend about it's it. Vital. That, it's vital. It's huge. Batman the animated podcast mm-hmm. on iTunes as well. Do the same. I started an Instagram this uh, this week called Lego Lunch Break. That's you. That's me. Yeah. I don't know. Follow me. I was like, this is a cool Instagram. Yeah. I wonder how they found me. How do they know I like Lego? <laughs> I uh, I have started building a little something small with Legos during my lunch break every day, and then I just Instagram a picture of it, and that's it. Um, that's nice. My goal is that one day maybe Lego sends me something for free because of it. That'd be great. Even those small sets, I tried to buy one from one of my cousins this last Christmas. Those those things are extortionary oh yeah yeah nine pieces 108 dollars you're done yeah (laughs) yeah dude exactly yeah we'll show notes all those uh definitely and maybe they want to like interact with you or the show uh, oh yeah yeah. thank you for helping us with our plugs (laughs) we're social media oh yeah (laughs) we're terrible about it but at uh, bywf podcast mm -hmm. at b-t-a-s podcast yeah at jacob reed yep justin knows all of them and yeah. at hey justin there you go that's the last one sick check those oh. out in the show notes people who are listening. oh and the takeaway right the take yeah, or, yeah I was if, say, if you if wanted them to, to take one thing away from your time on the show what would that be be confident about your ideas but not too confident no and be, also matzo ball matzo dink yeah call, <laughs> calling things a matzo dink if it's a bad idea and 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 not being afraid to have a whole soup full of matzo dinks oh you guys that's, that's poetic I gotta that's be, perfect the man i'm always picturing I, I didn't know your twitter handle was hey justin i was just picturing your face with like a hey arnold head <laughs> that'd be a great uh, you should get somebody to do some fan art do you guys have any fan artists get them to on that one we we could probably uh, we could hire a fan artist, which yeah. is to say we don't have fan artists. Yeah, I don't think we have fans it's that a, are artists. No, I, I I like to imply that we have fan art or something. <laughs> that we clearly do not have any fan art. God, that's the dream. You know, when you make it, you really get some fan art. It's rolling in. It'd be funny to tell someone. <laughs> comes in the mail in a shady looking envelope. <laughs> I made it, mommy, <laughs> daddy. What if you did hire someone to make fan art? Like you I just paid a bunch of artists to like. <laughs> it, I feel like that would work. I feel like it's just a social proof thing. You know, people yeah. are only sending fan art in because they think other people are sending. Wait, are there like professional just fan artists, freelance fan artists? Probably. I want to know. Like Illuminati thing? <laughs> or maybe uh, they just go by artist. I think yeah. that's what all Freemasons are. They're all fan artists. They're all <laughs> fan artists secretly. <laughs> That's their way of taking over Hollywood. <laughs> I think you can't stop really... talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the classic, the podcast interrupt, then wait, then interrupt, then wait. No, it's a, it's our signature, and it's a bit, a bit humbling to hear you guys perfect it so much. Um, I think you said it really well, though. I think that's uh, a great insight into the natural neuroses of a creative person that we have to have an ego to be successful, but we also 
strive every day to protect it because it's our livelihood and because it's fragile. And, uh, and that's why stuff like before you were funny is so, I think helpful, entertaining and just fun because it kind of pokes at that and it exposes a vulnerable spot that we can all laugh at together. Oh, thanks Thanks, guys. Yeah, dude. And I've been, I've been following, I think real early. I don't know what episode you guys are on. Maybe I think it was maybe like the fifth episode when I started listening and, uh, you got your progression. You guys started in a similar time as us. I think, I don't remember exactly, but we're both right around, I think 50 episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's like fun to kind of see other podcasts who, uh, were in the same, uh, timeframe as you and see them grow and like grow yourselves. And I think that's kind of what that's all about. And just like keeping on and trucking and knowing, you know, like I'm a fan of the show. And so it's like, I really appreciate you guys actually sticking with it. Cause I know, you know, how much effort it takes. And so it's like really cool. I think that's, you know, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thank you. We're podcast brothers. <laughs> Dude, that means a lot to hear. We shared, uh, we shared a mic. <laughs> we shared we shared everything uh and hey thanks also for joining us on the show today it was a great combo and had a blast and wait is uh, this thing on <laughs> are we, oh, are we recording, start recording? Start yeah. the podcast? is this it that might be the first time a podcast has ended that way <laughs> I, was just gonna say. I doubt it uh but we do have a we do have one more request for ending this thing for we can oh, get yeah. you out of there on this uh we we wrap every show with a ship it and uh if you're curious what that means it just means for you to say ship it together because that's kind of what well, our mantra we is. should make a quick plug go rate us too and follow oh yeah as long as and we're plugging buy our lemon water it's for sale <laughs> on the website <laughs> uh, a joke that we no one will get because we weren't recording it when we said it i love those kind of references <laughs> perfect the uh, fan artists love those <laughs> all right hey, can you guys ship us out ship, ship it, it.